Starcourt Study Hall episodes contain spoilers for all seasons of Stranger Things. Episodes may also contain graphic content and language not suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views and opinions expressed are those of the hosts unless otherwise stated, and all content and characters are property of Netflix and the Duffer Brothers. I'm Amanda. I'm Marina. And And this this is Starcourt Study Hall. Today on Starcourt City Hall, welcome everyone. Welcome. We are going to do something that I have looked forward to doing since we conceived of this podcast, which mm-hmm. is talk about Steve and Nancy as a couple and cut out all the other stuff of the show, right? We're not going to talk about anything else, really. We're going we're gonna to really focus on Steve and Nancy. Endgame. There yes. I said it. <laughs> So this episode is called You're an Idiot, Steve Harrington, because to me, that's just that their signature, right? From 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 the first chapter, we get this back and forth between them. And yes. Yeah. So my goal for this couple series, because we're going to do this type of thing for all the couples in Stranger Things. So my goal for the couple series is to isolate these relationships from the rest of the show. And we're going to stare at them under a hypothetical microscope. And we're not here to talk about ships. Okay, this isn't, this isn't me shipping Steve and Nancy. Yes, it is. This yeah. isn't me shipping <laughs> Steve and Nancy. This is objective and analytical and maybe a little bit biased. <laughs> Even though I literally just said that they are endgame. <laughs> <laughs> Bias-free zone. Yes, sure. Um, yeah. So the first thing I want to say about Steve and Nancy... And in case you don't know, who I'm talking about is Steve Harrington and Nancy Wheeler. <laughs> Just in, in case, case you didn't know. In case you didn't know. Is that they're the first couple of this, of Stranger Things. From the vanishing of Will Byers, this couple is established. Mm-hmm. And their arcs, their character arcs, start together. So, you know, just some food for thought here. If we are doing a full circle thing, will their character arcs end together? Oh, I hope so. Yes, they will. Sorry. Okay. I think the beauty of this pairing in particular is that you're not really sure if they're right for each other, right? You're sort of like, nah, I don't really know about that, especially in season one. And then yeah, they're even very more different. so, in, yeah, and more so in season two, you're like, oh God, these, these have been going off the rails real quick. But at least I just like felt that electricity between them in season one. Mm-hmm. So... Oh, yeah. So, yeah, speaking of, you know, wh- whether or not they're right for each other, let's talk about first impressions of both of these characters. Mm-hmm. So for Nancy, our first impressions of her are that she is kind of a smarty pants and a goody two shoes. Yep. She's not popular. She's not unpopular, but she's not super popular either. Barb is pretty much her only friend, as far as we know. Um, as far as we know. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't really know anyone else that she hangs out with. Dustin says, your sister has a stick up her butt, which... She's like a little uptight, maybe? Yeah, yeah. Um, but he also says, ever since she started dating that douchebag Steve mm-hmm. Harrington, so I don't know what she was like before that. I mean, she might have been cooler. I don't know. Well, he does um, say she used to be cool, remember? Because he was like, oh, she was the elf in our, yeah. our one campaign. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of cute. We get the sense that she's pretty inexperienced in relationships, that she's never really had a boyfriend. Um, 
I mean, yeah, it kind of seems like she's just doesn't she's never done any of that no um and that her family is kind of in the foreground so she has dinner with them every night she's in bed in her matching jammies by 8 8 30 <laughs> she know. does have them matching jammies <laughs> i know they're very cute um but yeah she so she's kind of like a goody two shoes a family girl she gets good grades mm-hmm. um yeah steve on the other hand uh Steven. he's steven He's, he's he's kind of a jock um he plays basketball he's pretty preppy and popular uh we also have in season two an allusion to billy as like a social and athletic threat because he's kind of like coming for his throne essentially mm-hmm. tommy and carol Plant are your feet. Sorry. <laughs> tommy and carol are his two best friends for some godforsaken reason Unknown. um and he likes to party, sneak out, etc. He's pretty experienced in relationships, or at least in sex. He mentions many girls. Mm-hmm. Uh, Becky. He's pretty, Becky and Amy and whoever these people are. <laughs> uh, he's very charming. He's very charismatic. Mm-hmm. And his family is in the background. Who are his parents? We still don't know. Nope. We have no idea who they are. We only know that they don't trust each other. Yes. And apparently rightfully so. Yeah. So as a couple, what do we have here, right? We have this goody two-shoes, very smart, family-oriented young lady who ends up paired with Steve, who nobody expects this, right? You can tell that Tommy and Carol are perplexed by this choice of Steve's, and Barb is perplexed by this choice of Nancy's. So as Mm -hmm. a couple, they're a very unlikely pair, but we kind of love to see it, right? Like, Steve's courting of her, he... He, I don't know if, if, if I'm like really old fashioned for saying courting, but I don't know. He's courting her. Sorry. He is. I can't deny it. He's so, wooing her. He's wooing her. Okay. Woo. <laughs> he, <laughs> he leaves her locker notes. Locker notes. Okay. They have these like bathroom makeout sessions between class, which mm-hmm. we, 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 we dissected this a bit in our Vanishing of Will Byers episode. We don't know who went into which bathroom, if Nancy <laughs> went into the men's room or if Steve went into the women's room. But we banked on Steve going into the women's room. I think that's where we landed. So yes. they're having these like in-between classes, saved by the bell, you know, type of things. Not the show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have Steve's like desperate pleas to meet up with her to study and meet after school to do all this stuff. He really wants to be with her. Yes. And to me, in the beginning, especially in the very first chapter, he doesn't come off like like an asshole to me, Steve. No. Again, at least to me, right? So, I mean, I could be completely biased here, but he just he doesn't come off like a, like an asshole. No. Obviously, this decline of his character comes a little bit later in the season, where we see him, you know, break Jonathan's camera, and then he spray paints the movie theater's announcement board. But I think that's all sort of motivated. Like, I can come up with reasons why he's doing that. It doesn't excuse the actions, but I can understand why he's behaving that way. Yeah, he's under a lot of peer pressure from his really terrible friends. Right. And I also think he's probably grappling with feeling real emotion in a relationship. And I don't know if he's dealt with that yet before. It's hard to say. All of his relationships thus far, what we know about them, it seems like they were pretty superficial. Yes. Right. And it also seems like he doesn't really have parental support either. Mm-hmm. Like his parents clearly don't have a very stable marriage. So he doesn't right. really have a, a solid foundation for what a good relationship should even look like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he's just kind of all over the map. And I can understand why he lashes out in some moments. Again, doesn't mm-hmm. excuse any of it, but I can understand it. Yeah. And then 
between these two as a couple, like I have, um, when I was writing this episode, I just put on Africa by Toto and let <laughs> it roll on repeat because this is like their anthem to me because that's the first, that's the song we get when they're studying in Nancy's room. And yes. I just, I, I just love what this song i don't know it just this song to me is is stancy like i just i can't mm-hmm. i just can't with the song so it really is so so lovely let's talk about love languages mm-hmm. so the five love languages is actually a book that was written in 1992 and it is by gary chapman the full title is the, the five love languages how to express heartfelt commitment to your mate and the five love languages according to chapman are words of affirmation acts of service, gift giving, physical touch, and quality time. And I think there's definitely something to be said about the difference between sending love and receiving love. So maybe maybe the language that you speak outwardly is different from the language that you prefer to receive inwardly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Right? So like maybe I prefer, maybe I speak gift giving. So like I'm more likely to give you gifts to show love, but maybe in terms of receipt i want words of affirmation okay. so it's right does that make sense so it's like a yeah. two-way street here yeah but I get you. With, yeah with all that being said um i did kind of go one step further with this and i do want to say that we we understand that the love languages aren't like the be all end all here right there is some criticism of this theory it's mm. not like the most scientifically popular when it comes to re- the sending and receiving of love Especially when it comes to trying to work through some, like, real relationship issues. I found some, like, testimony of some, like, couples therapists saying that sometimes couples will come in, like, who have really deep-seated issues and they're trying to resolve these issues using this, the five love languages. And it's just, it's not, I I realize that this is a little bit of a superficial theory, but I, I think it's a popular theory and I think people know about it. And I think we can all relate to this. Mm-hmm. We can all sort of like, okay, I'm not trying to like make this into a pseudoscience, which it kind of is, but <laughs> this is a little bit to me like like horoscopes, right? Like mm. if I read a horoscope for me today, I can probably fit myself into it because yeah. it's written generally enough. So that's kind of how I feel about the love languages, but that doesn't make them any less fun to apply. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, even though they're not the most reliable tool, especially for fixing deep-seated issues, um, they they really can be helpful for mm-hmm. helping understand things between you and your partner and the ways that you want to receive attention and stuff like that. Like, if you really have trouble verbalizing this kind of stuff, it, it can be helpful. That being said, let's get into what we think the love languages of Stancy are. <laughs> so, for Steve... Uh, it's looking a lot like quality time as a front runner in terms of how he expresses love. So Steve spends a lot of time vying for Nancy's time, um, f- uh, for which he is relatively <laughs> unsuccessful. Um, Poor Steve. Yeah. Um, so yeah, season one is a lot of him just trying to like spend time with Nancy. She's too busy uh, preparing for battle with her baseball bat when <laughs> when he wants to go see a movie with her um he just wants to be with her while she studies like he's willing to just like hang out with her while she studies like he just wants to spend time with her um and he invites her over to his house because his parents are away granted you know that could be for other reasons but yeah sure um, like physical like touch says. Um, like physical touch perfect yeah. <laughs> And we do see Steve's value of quality time in other relationships, too, including uh, Dustin when they become buddies in season two. Yes. 
Acts of Service is a close second on this one. This one's like a little bit more ambiguous, but I do feel like he expresses um, his feelings by being the babysitter. So like he establishes this relationship with Dustin and the other kids, but mostly Dustin um, by, you know, just like being there for him, um, being like a father figure to him and just being a friend. He really wants to go with Nancy in season four, but he ends up opting to take the kids instead while she and Robin go to Penhurst. Now, granted, he does do this reluctantly. Yes, um, he does. <laughs> but he um, he does anyway. So I think for Nancy, we have words of affirmation. And obviously you can tell me if you agree, disagree, or if you like, if we can think of a different one, but words of affirmation is like the standout for me for Nancy. She is just a words gal, like through and through. She... Mm-hmm. She interrupts Steve when he's trying to make out with her and she like immediately looks to him for affirmation that she's not just going to be like another girl that he hooks up with. She's like, am I going to be like, like Becky or whomever? Like she, she wants to know that she's not just going to be another girl to Steve. And then after they sleep together, she goes to school the next day and she wants confirmation that he didn't spread the, like spread the news like she's like mm. did you like what did you and he's like i didn't say anything right and she needs that verbal affirmation we also have especially this this happens a lot in season two we have nancy looking for steve's verbal support about barb's disappearance and mm. i think his inability to give that to her is sort of what leads to their demise in season two like he he yeah. cannot get on the same wavelength with her And then we also see her looking for the same type of validation from Jonathan in season three when she has this hunch about the rats and he won't validate that hunch. So I really think and that they they fight in the car over that. So I really think words of affirmation is a standout for me. A close second for Nancy, I think, is acts of service. Yeah, I do feel like Nancy changes her tune a little bit about Steve um, when he finally comes through and helps her Mm -hmm. and Jonathan with the Demogorgon. Mm -hmm. I mean... He did save her life with a nail bat, and that's pretty hot. (laughs) A nail bat. (laughs) So I do understand why she suddenly changes her tune because, yeah, if if my ex came bursting through a door with a nail bat to save my life from an interdimensional monster, Mm -hmm. I might catch feelings. Yeah. Nail bat. Demo bat. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that – I mean, you know, that's like kind of a vague acts of service, but – No, I get it, though. It could be said. Yeah, I get it. Now that we've kind of established what we think their love languages are, let's talk about their trajectory of their relationship. So in season one, they're pretty hot and heavy. Uh, There's a lot of like physicality, um, Mm -hmm. you know. Physical touch. We failed. I know, right? Why didn't we? Like clearly they. (laughs) Physical touch. Especially Steve. Yeah. Yeah. Um, It kind of fizzles out midway through the season, though, because her and Jonathan do bond over their disappeared loved ones um, and the discovery of the upside down, which they make together. Now, this eventually leads to misunderstandings and miscommunication between Nancy and Steve. So Steve thinks that she is cheating on him after she sees um, Nancy and Jonathan sitting on her bed in her bedroom when he tries Mm -hmm. to to sneak in to make sure she's okay. (laughs) But, I mean, you know, realistically what they're doing is decompressing from the fact that she just traveled interdimensionally and saw a monster. That is Um, something to decompress. Yeah, I... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I would probably need to sit for a minute after that. 
I think so. And as Murray mentions in season two, Nancy and Jonathan now share trauma together. They have shared mm-hmm. trauma. Uh, and that creates the foundation for Nancy and Jonathan's relationship, which, as we know, is an extremely strong and stable <laughs> foundation for any relationship. Yes, shared Tra- trauma. Trauma bonding is the way to go. Perfect. <laughs> we see this demonstrated with Papa and Elle and how strong their relationship is. I mean, it is, but uh, not for the right reasons. Stockholm Syndrome is also a thing. (laughs) Anyway. Um, Yeah. So by the end of season one, we do see kind of a rekindling of their relationship, but it does sort of feel, I mean, you know, we get like a really brief thing, but it, it feels a little superficial, their relationship by the end of season one. So it's interesting that she expresses or she experiences this trauma throughout the season and it does change the course of their relationship stancy so you know it's it's really trauma that like nancy's going through but it totally changes their relationship as a whole right so do we think that her guilt about barb makes it maybe impossible for her to like really put her heart in a a relationship with steve right now because i mean steve is kind of like at the root of her guilt here i mean she was having sex while barb was being murdered um (laughs) so it kind of feels like that that might that might put a little um cast a pall over the relationship if you will yeah Um, like when i was re when i was like re-watching scenes and reading through the the stranger things wiki to pull out these scenes of stancy this thought actually occurred to me where it was like does she see the guilt in steve and does that make it difficult for her to be with him after after what happens with barb like is that why or is that maybe partially why she can't be with him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's kind of like the face of her guilt at this mm-hmm. point. Um, he's like the, so physical, the physical manifestation of that, like like the Babadook. Oh, yes. <laughs> I will never now not look at Steve Harrington and think of the Babadook. Thank you, Amanda, <laughs> no for problem. that. <laughs> and then, the hair. Oh, yeah. And then there's a um, question for kind of up for interpretation, um, which like I never really thought was up for interpretation until we kind of started like preparing for the podcast. But um, the the camera that is given to Jonathan as a Christmas present at the end of season one, is it from Nancy or is it from Steve? So hmm. we have I to still wonder. I don't know. Uh, me either. We, we have to wonder who Jonathan thinks it's from. Like, what is his interpretation? My guess that is that Jonathan's interpretation is that it's from Nancy. That's my my guess, which, again, when we talk about, like, relationships having solid foundations, like, does he think this was, like, a gift-giving gesture from Nancy when it was really a gift-giving gesture from Steve? <laughs> right, right, um, right. I don't know. Um, it also could point to, like, that's how, like, if Steve is truly the one who came up with the idea to give mm-hmm. Jonathan the camera, uh, but he was just too proud to do it himself. Right. Um, this could also point to a gift-giving love language that Steve receives maybe from his parents. I mean, our, our guess is that Steve's parents are rich. They have a pretty nice house and yeah. he's constantly, like, away on business trips and stuff. Um, so maybe his parents kind of give him attention and show him love by buying him stuff. And, I mean, obviously they, like, allow him to do whatever he wants. So... I don't know. Yeah, that stood out to me as, like, maybe that's how Steve Mm -hmm. understands how you're supposed to show love. Yeah. So I think where we land on the camera gift is, I mean, to me, it's ambiguous. But I think what really matters is how Jonathan interprets it. Yeah. Because if Jonathan's interpreting it like a gift from Nancy, and that's not truly what it is, 
and it's really from Steve that again, it's like sort of unstable footing. Like you kind of think that this gift is from this girl that you're interested in when really it's from her boyfriend. But let's not, (laughs) let's not take it off the table. This could have been like a mutually decided, like Nancy and Steve were like, what can we do? We were really shitty to this kid. Maybe we should replace his camera. Like they could have come together and decided on this gift together. And like you said, Steve was too proud maybe to give it. So Nancy was like the actual gift giver. Yeah. That's so. that's like pretty much my interpretation too. It yeah. does it seems like maybe it was like a mutual thing. Yeah. Um okay. So all right, so let's talk about season two now. So season one, wrap that up. Let's kind of move on to season two for Nancy and Steve. So I think in season one, and we get a little bit of this, and it's not like outward, but in season two there's a there's a doubling down on the gaps in their intellect so (laughs) like we we do kind of get the vibe that nancy is the smarter one of the two here and by smarter i i I mean it can encompass many things but i'm really talking about book smarts here Mm -hmm. we get this doubling down in season two so like we see steve i think in the very first episode of season two in what is it mad max yeah right we see Steve trying to write letters for his college apps and Nancy's feedback is like, uh, well, you should probably just start over. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sad. Like poor Steve. So right there. Okay. Right off the bat, we get this Steve's Steve's future is, is unclear as far as college is concerned. Whereas mm-hmm. Nancy's is pretty decided. Right. And she's not even a senior yet, but she, no. she seems like she already knows what she wants. Right. She's a junior. She's like going to college fairs and, and shit i don't know heck yeah Um, yeah so perfect nancy go to those (laughs) college fairs yes um steve also asks her to help him like can you help me fix these essays which i think is a little bit of an acts of service thing like help i need help like can you help and nancy's priority is is not that it's dinner they have to go to have parents they have to go to have parents they have to go to have dinner with the hollands because this seems like like a weekly or bi-weekly ritual where they go to the holland's house and have dinner it seems so, like it yeah so nancy's nancy's priority is with barb and then again in an acts of service quality time thing steve puts aside his college essays and is like oh yeah we have to go have dinner with the holland's i know it's so sweet <laughs> yeah like he's like you know what nancy i don't need i don't need college i'll just <laughs> he he really is very sacrificial self-sacrificial in this this moment that's true yeah and then we see nancy give jonathan an invite to the season two halloween party get sheet faced yeah get everyone (laughs) get sheet faced (laughs) so to me again this is just going to show that steve is not nancy's priority in season two it is barb and it is she still has these lingering feelings going for Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not hating on Nancy. I'm just, like, pointing out her priorities. So far, they're just not with Steve. They are clearly, again, with Jonathan and Barb. And this is such a contrast to season one's first couple of chapters where you you see her, like, you get the illusion to her going out and buying a cute top for Steve and, you know, setting aside her relationship with Barb for Steve. So her her, her priorities as far as relationships concern are concerned has, have, have really shifted. But on the flip side, not to make this all about Nancy, like, Steve's not really speaking her language, right? Yeah. She's very concerned about Barb, and he, Steve hasn't, like, tuned into her emotionally in that way. Like, he's just not he's just not meeting her there. No. And, I mean, Steve does take the time in that one scene when they're in the library to, like, reassure her. But I think 
in this moment, Nancy wants like action from him. Like she doesn't want to be assured at this point. She wants action. Like, what are we going to do about this? We need to act. And Steve is just like, let's just, you know, be stupid. You know, let's just be (laughs) stupid teenagers for one night, Nancy. Like, please shut up about your dead friend, okay? I just want to (laughs) party. Like, Nancy's like, boyfriend, my friend is dead and missing. And Steve is like, Halloween is here, which would be me. I mean, same. You know, like, yeah. You know, like, hold on, hold on. Halloween only comes once a year. She's still going to be dead after (laughs) Halloween, Nancy, okay? Let's just. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) Barb is not coming back, okay? Halloween, if if, if the day passes, there's a a whole three more 65 days. (laughs) Until the next ween. So yeah, point being, Steve is like, just want, which I get, right? He kind of just wants to like disassociate. He's like, this I has mean, been very heavy. The government is watching us. We had a trauma. Can we just drink and be teenagers? And Nancy's like, no, we must find Barb. So I get it, but they're, they're not, they're, they're conflicting here. So we really see their relationship just kind of just kind of fall apart at this Halloween party, which is just, it's just like an iconic scene here. I just love it so much. Like her just like scrubbing her sweater and like bullshit. Just all just she's so good at being drunk. It is insane. Like I, I would not be surprised if you told me that they just got Natalia Dyer wasted mm-hmm. for this yeah. scene because she is ridiculously good at it. Yeah, she's just this yes. is it's just. It's just bullshit, right? And I, and I would like to, to also mention that, like, Steve maybe should have thought this through a little bit. Like, she's clearly really going through something. Bringing mm-hmm. her to a party with unlimited alcohol was, like, maybe not a great choice. The the painful – I mean, the scene is painful. The scene of Nancy and Steve in the bathroom. Yeah. It's just painful. But the, I think what makes it, like, doubly painful is that when when Steve is like, you don't – you don't – you don't love me? Mm-hmm. And she's just like – bullshit and he looks truly hurt yeah almost to me it almost seems like it feels like he feels like they've been faking this relationship and he Uh, thought this was like the real deal and you know what is that stupid phrase about drunk thoughts being sober drunk words or sober thoughts something like that i think that's what's happening here like is this nancy's true true feelings coming out because she's inebriated and uninhibited Mm -hmm. and her filter is nowhere to be seen. Clearly. Um, now, again, we have Jonathan kind of enter stage left here. He, I want to know who that girl was that he, like, flirted with for 0.3 seconds when yeah. he walked into the party. I know. Right? I was like, is this going to be a thing? And then it just wasn't. Yeah. What was the point of showing Jonathan in that moment, like, having a flirt? I feel like it was maybe to show us that, like, he definitely still has feelings for Nancy, but he's, okay. like, trying to entertain the thought of being with somebody else or... Yeah, but he just, like, can't. Okay. I was just, I was thinking about that. So, again, like, similar to the camera, we have Jonathan acting based on what he's seeing physically happen between Nancy and Steve, where he sees Steve, like, leave the party abruptly. Yeah. And then he eventually escorts Nancy home. He scoops her up and brings her home. And the scene is really interesting because Jonathan is actually going out of his way to protect Steve. Yeah. Um, like after the, like on the next day or whatever, um, he says that Jonathan says that Steve asked her or asked him to take Nancy home, mm-hmm. which is clearly not true. It is. And I I like that it shows or it's not, I should say, I like that it shows that 
Jonathan isn't being like completely opportunistic yeah. about their relationship failing, right? Like he's he's not trying to make out Steve to be a bad guy. No, he is not sliding into Nancy's DMs yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yet. Um I feel so. like this this shows like Jonathan still kind of has a soft spot for Steve. Like I have to wonder if he does think the camera was a joint present mm. like like if he knows it might have been from steve too because mm-hmm. yeah he clearly feels a little bit of a soft spot and like i mean steve also did just save both of their lives from a big ass monster less than a year ago sure so Fair enough i i could understand having a soft spot for steve a little bit <laughs> yeah even though they absolutely beat the shit out of each yes. other in season one that's all water under the bridge it is and we'll <laughs> talk about that when we talk about that chapter because i think there was more to that than appeared but mm-hmm Regardless, so after this Halloween party, Stancy, it just falls apart. Can yeah. we have a moment of silence? Yes. You just broke the moment of silence. <laughs> <laughs> we were having an active moment of silence and you said yes. <laughs> okay, well, never mind then. We don't, we're not, Amanda seem, can't seem to handle moments of silence. I really can't. <laughs> We've discussed this. <laughs> we have discussed this. Okay. So anyway, so Stancy really loses steam after the Halloween incident. So she pulls him. You get like one more moment. She pulls him aside at the, like, while he's in practice for basket, bas- basketball practice. And she can't manage to say that she loves him. Like, he presses her again. And she just tries to be like, I was drunk, Steve. I don't remember anything. I had some punch. Blah, blah. And then he says, okay, well, then, like, do you love me then? And she just stands there. So I think he gets the answers that he needs in that moment. He's like, all right, you know, whatever. Screw this person. So they really, really fizzle out. And this is only chapter three of season two. Like, this is, like, there's, like, I don't know, four more chapters. There's half of, more than half of the season left. And Stancy is dead to the actual world. Dunzo. A shame. Anyway. This is the last, like, intimate scene with them when, when she, he confronts her in the alley during practice. They don't, to me, I feel this way. There's never closure. They don't get closure. There's, like, one line yeah. <laughs> at the end of season two, which I will address. But there's just, like, one line. And then in chapter five, Dig Dug in season two, we ring out the Stancy phase, right? Steve mm-hmm. is no longer about, mm-hmm. about Nancy. I mean, he was trying to be. And we kind of ring in the, 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 the babysitter Papa Steve. Face. yes so it, steve is entering his mother era because him and dustin run into each other when he's trying to bring nancy flowers yep. gift giving right oh, yeah so at, it's at this moment that we get steve's shift of attention he he becomes the father the father the dad the papa steve the babysitter mm-hmm. and then at the end of season two right i think it's during will's exorcism <laughs> that's what we want to call i don't know what to call it like his his, his baking i don't know they're like baking <laughs> So, yeah, they, they they stick him in the room with all the heat lamps or whatever to, to ward off the mind flare that is possessing him. In this moment, we get one intimate second between Nancy and Steve mm-hmm. where she thanks him for watching the kids. Yeah. Yeah. He, she, yeah. I love the dialogue. She just says, Steve, and just trails off. And he says, it's okay, Nancy. And that's that's all he needs to say. He's giving his blessing for her to move on. He understands that he messed up. She understands that she messed up. That's that's our moment of closure. That's really all we get. I I reject it. Me too. It's not enough. I don't think. It's not enough. Like, I think they deserved more closure than that. Cuz at least in my personal opinion, we know he's not over it, right? Like Yeah. In that last scene of season 2 when the snowball is happening and he he 
he brings Dustin. <laughs> he so brings cute. his child to the snowball and drops him off. He, you it. see him like staring at Nancy when she's doing what like the check-in table, and mm-hmm. he stares at her from the car. And he, you could, I don't know. To me, it sort of feels like a not going to get better than that missed opportunity look. Like, how am I going to get this girl back? Type of thing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. To me, it was like I'm really sad about this. But I understand that, like, I kind of made my bed in this situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, like, I think that the stare also says that, like, I need to do something if I'm ever going to get her back. Like, mm, that's like interesting. I, I think it's, like, a turning point for him where yeah. he's just, like, yeah. Like an action call. Yeah, I like yeah. that a lot. Yeah. The other, thing, the other thing that I love about this scene at the snowball, and I didn't realize this until watching it again is that you get dustin who really needed support at the snowball because he he ends up crying on the bleachers which is just painfully relatable um (laughs) yeah yeah about that so (laughs) about that we're not gonna talk about that who brought that up okay um (laughs) but you get dustin supported by steve right she he brings him to the snowball and then nancy dances with dustin you get like this mutual support but like obviously neither of them know that it's happening like nancy doesn't know that steve dropped dustin off and steve's not gonna know that nancy decided to just take him for a dance like i don't know it was just really sweet that they both ended up supporting him but like parallel like they're never gonna the lines aren't gonna cross but they know about it dustin's divorced parents oh no poor (laughs) dustin (laughs) season season two was was a was a tough one for stancy yes not as tough as season three though (laughs) no season three is nothing there's no stancy (laughs) happening here there's literally no dialogue between them um there is literally nothing um we are we are we are Yes. starved but despite how sad it is that we get no stancy at all it feels like the separation is kind of necessary between them to kind of make a reconnection in season four mm. that we see nancy is full steam ahead with jonathan right now they are together together they are working at the garbage that like 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 yeah like, like, I like, like you. Yeah, they're, they're together, together. together. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they're both working for the Hawkins Post, um, that garbage publication. And <laughs> don't read that. Yeah, don't read that. It's it's trash. Um, trash journalism. It is fake news. And they <laughs> and she's trying to expose the rat poison thing. And meanwhile, Steve is building a relationship with Robin, which is like he thinks that he is moving on from Nancy and overcoming all of these hangups about yeah, like his being own way. Cool. Yeah, yeah, but actually that's not what's happening. He's just making a really good friend. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and continuing in his fatherly role, Steve and Dustin and Erica. Um, Erica does enter the picture here. She does. So that's Steve's new child, Erica, taking down an underground Russian fortress in an ice cream sailor costume. So this is serious stuff. Which like, by the way, Steve and Robin, until the final scene of the season do not change out of those those, uh, outfits. must have smelled. Right? Ew. Really Um, bad. Yeah. Also, uh, we do get like a little bit of a hint that Nancy's love language might be changing and um, growing. 
she or that their foundation might not be that solid between her and Jonathan. They do seem to have a difficulty relating on a deeper level, which we will continue to see, which Nancy and Steve don't seem to struggle with at all. Um, They do share like a pretty solid foundation and connection. But Jonathan and Nancy seem to start struggling because or Jonathan feels like Nancy can't possibly relate to him or understand him because she grew up so differently from him Mm -hmm. but nancy feels like she's not being understood because jonathan is uh being a man and refusing to understand that nancy is dealing with problems that he will never have to face yeah and i think we get a little bit of that and i didn't write it in here because this feels a little bit more uh, jancy to me when we cover that relationship which we will yeah but like that whole scene in season one between nancy and jonathan where they're like got married had kids and at the end of the cul-de-sac nuclear family like there is this this always just this underlying thing between nancy and jonathan from that perspective of family structure and Mm -hmm. you can't relate because you're the rich girl type i don't know i get that vibe whereas with steve and nancy i don't know if this is like messed up but like that doesn't really seem to exist there's not as much of a competition as far as lifestyle is concerned right like i feel like jonathan doesn't really understand that it is it is possible to relate to somebody who is different from you and understand somebody who's who's very different from you whereas like nancy and steve don't even face that conflict at all yeah it's just like they some, face other issues something they don't even really think about <clears throat> um yeah so steve in season three does confess that he was in love with nancy wheeler but has moved on do mm-hmm. we think this mm-hmm. was just Steve trying to express that he has feelings for Robin. Is he really over Nancy? Um, now, granted, you know, we've seen season four at this point, so we kind of know that he's clearly not. But at this point, is he, like, do we think he's just pretending? Like, does he feel like he really could move on with Robin if, you know, Rob, if, if Steve was Robin's type? <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't, I don't know how I feel about this. I feel really torn about if Steve had genuine feelings for Robin. I think it's what you said. Yeah. So I, I wrote that I do think he feels love for Robin. Like, you know, they've obviously been through a lot. They have that shared trauma now. Um, I think Russians. Yes. I do think he feels love for her, but I don't know if he knows himself well enough or if he's grown enough to a place where he can realize that he can love platonically. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I don't think he's ever had a connection with somebody platonically that was worthy of that. Because his only other friends were the Nightmare Twins. So... Um, <laughs> the I, Nightmare Twins. So I do think that um, Robin is kind of like a symbol of growth for Steve. She does represent him kind of moving away from the social hierarchies of high school and finding more purpose and genuine connection with other people. So I don't know if... I think Steve is feeling love, but he doesn't really understand how to discern that from romantic love. Yeah, I I agree. I'm in that camp. I don't know if I think that's what it is. Like, I think there was a platonic love for Robin that Steve was confusing for romantic love. Mm -hmm. Like he's like you said, like he's feeling love, but he can't put it into either platonic or romantic because he's not. I mean, his only non-romantic female like encounter is Carol and Carol is with Tommy. So he wouldn't have those confusing feelings as far as a relationship is concerned. Right. So and he definitely there's no way he platonically loved that girl. Who could? <laughs> Tommy. Oh no, that was that was romantic. That was romantic love, I think. That's what uh, we think. Point being though, like season three for Stancy was just sort of them on their separate paths, but like we said at the beginning, I think season three was necessary yeah. for them to come together again in season four, because I think Steve needed the time to grow in season three. And I mean we see a lot of maturation from Nancy too in season three. Like she kind of 
I mean, Jonathan moves away. Yeah. At the end of season three, which brings us to season four. Yes. Which is really what we want to talk. We all want to talk about season four. We do. I'm very excited to get there. (laughs) We all want to talk about season four. So chapter one, the Hellfire Club of season season four, we see Stancy or Steve and Nancy in their their separate worlds, right? Like truly separate worlds. So Steve has graduated and he's working at the video store with with Robin, like video store. Imagine having video stores now. Remember those videos? R.I.P. Yeah. And by title, Nancy is the queen of the school paper. (laughs) Yeah. She is not editor in chief. She is the queen. The queen of the school paper. It says it on her badge. I saw it. And then we also get a little bit of information about their love lives. But I think the point that I'm trying to make here is that Steve has graduated and Nancy is still in high school. She's a senior on the cusp Mm -hmm. of graduating. So we then get a little bit of information about their love lives. We have Jonathan in California um, and he, for some reason, can't like text her. I don't know. That's like super weird. Like, why can't? What's his reason for not being able to text his girlfriend in 1986? Who knows? It's so weird, right? But we sort of get the vibe that they've fallen out of touch, which which I can appreciate because I can only imagine what it was like trying. And I mean, not not that I we both lived without cell phones. Like, we know what that's like. We yeah. were young once. <laughs> but, like, truly to ha- have to all communication, I don't even think, no email. Like, this would have had to have been them calling each other, sending letters like Elle and Mike were doing. So I can I can appreciate how they have fallen out of touch. Yeah. Jonathan, Jonathan and Nancy. And Jonathan is definitely withdrawing as well from yes. the relationship because he's definitely approaching a different path but i mm-hmm. think i think he doesn't want to admit that yet agreed and then we see steve who is kind of having like a relationship reckoning where he's realizing that he doesn't want these superficial relationships anymore right he doesn't just want to keep having sex with linda or whoever the girl is that him and robin are talking yeah. about like he wants a deeper connection but he can't seem to nail one down and season four, watching Steve get rejected by all of these these girls is almost, it's, it, he must be having like some kind of identity crisis. Yeah, I know. <laughs> He's like, why, why are all these women rejecting? He cannot nail down a relationship. So I also think to kind of reinforce the rift forming between Jonathan and Nancy is we get this like awkward dual monologue between them where you have Nancy ranting to Fred about why Jonathan is so great. Then you have Jonathan ranting to Argyle about why Nancy is so great. And it just sounds it just feels to me like they're trying to convince themselves that this relationship is still solid. Like if I say enough words about him, I will believe them sort of thing. So Nancy is just like, according to Jonathan, just like the most ambitious and this will be the best school paper that will ever be if Nancy's running it. And then you have Jonathan would do anything for his family and for the people that he loves. And they're both just going off on this tangent about one another. But it all just feels to me like they know the relationship is failing or yeah. or, or something and they need to talk about it to make themselves believe it. In this scene, we, we do also get a subtle hint that they're not really connecting anymore mm-hmm. or, or that Jonathan was kind of faking it for Nancy because Nancy is in the school paper, which she always loved. Um, we know. We know that that's her plans after graduation to go to Emerson and um, be a right. journalist. But Jonathan also claims to love the newspaper. He worked there with Nancy that one summer and um, did photography and all that. But now he's in Woodshop. So instead of choosing an extracurricular like the newspaper which he claims to love when he's with nancy now he's not with nancy and he's in woodshop with argyle so we see that like jonathan might have been faking it a little bit to make things work with nancy um like he's he tried to change himself to make it work with nancy to to fit you know right and i mean Either that, because, like, we can't deny that he liked photography, right? Like yeah. Because he, he did photography before he was in, before he worked for the Hawkins Post yeah. as their photographer, right? Mm-hmm. 
the other thing maybe we can infer from that is that he his his maybe his hobbies are a little bit fluid depending on who he's hanging out with yeah so like argyle's in woodshop so jonathan's well, like i want to take woodshop i want to be with argyle and like you know nancy's doing journalism so i have this skill already that can be applied to journalism so i'm going to do journalism yeah but i do like that i think it shows that maybe he's a little bit of a chameleon like mm. kind of goes where his people are going versus making these decisions for himself he's a little bit directionless yeah i mean you know he finally gets a good friend in argyle and mm-hmm. <laughs> you know he he takes up a new hobby with argyle right. um which by my guess argyle was already doing quite a lot of before jonathan met him um, yeah so yeah it, you're right it does seem like jonathan sort of like he tries to fit himself into the mold of whoever he's with and i mean you even see it with the college with the college choice right like nancy mm. like the, the whole thing here is that we're going to emerson together and then by the end of season four we know that jonathan intended on going to lenora community with argyle yeah so like he i feel like jonathan is just in general kind of lost yeah he's definitely he, lost yeah understandably so and he even like, admits to will that like He's smoking weed all the time because he can't deal with his emotions. Like, he's got right. a lot going on and he's just self-medicating, basically. Yeah. Jonathan is very complex. Yeah. Back to this spring break thing with Nancy and Jonathan. Like, why isn't either of them visiting the other one? Like, we obviously know what ends up happening with this, but yeah, they couldn't be prioritizing each other that much if neither of them felt that strongly about visiting. Like, Nancy... Mike is literally flying out the next day. By himself, by the way. By him, by him actual self. Like he's, prop- <laughs> yes. Uh, he's like, what, 15? And he picks yeah. flowers for Elle, brings them to her, flies on the plane uh, almost across the country to right. come see her. So why couldn't the wheeler, why couldn't Karen and Ted be like, hey, Nance, you want a ticket? We're getting Mike a ticket. Right. It would make sense for them to go together. Right. And I mean, I think, again, I think we get this answer. I think nancy thought jonathan was coming to her yeah (laughs) so that would be why she wasn't going to him but the point is that there's just the prioritizing is not for each other anymore um yeah so i think the point of all this is them being in separate worlds steve and nancy is that their love lives are are on like thin ice they're on uncertain terms Mm -hmm. so that's how we that's how we establish season four is that nancy and jonathan are on the rocks steve is trying to find an actual relationship sounds like a perfect setup for nancy and steve to be together i don't i could be i could be completely wrong and misinterpreting this but that's just that's just what you know that's just how i feel yeah so in chapter three the monster and the superhero of season four we finally see steve and nancy together and i mean this has not happened yes i actually figured this out it is march of 1986 okay it is spring break of 1986 we have not seen a good interaction between Steve and Nancy since October of 1984. Wow. So it has been like, what is that, a year and a half yeah. that we have, that Steve and Nancy have not, you know, had like a, a moment together. So I also just want to linger for a second on the fact that um, on that moment when Nancy is being interrogated by the cops in season four and she's got her beautiful permed hair. Yeah. And the kids pull up with steve and they just see each other nancy and steve see each other and they give each other this like look (laughs) i know and these tiny little waves they just like lift their hand i actually went on a google hunt for a gif of this because or or a gif you know whatever whatever pronunciation you subscribe to i subscribe to gif so we just that's like the first that's that's our first steve and nancy moment of season four and again like i said we have been deprived and starved of this they have not been together since october of 1984 
and her her look to him it just says so much that expression she's like mm-hmm. to me it's saying i i'm so glad to see you but i'm also so absolutely horrified to see you because i right. know i know what this means right we then come back all the way to season one here right where steve spends the re- the rest of season four like vying for nancy's time but always taking one for the team and he doesn't do this once he does it twice where he's like i'll watch the kins and Nancy goes off and has some grand adventure, right? And he yes. just takes one for the team and watches the kids instead of spending time with Nancy, which is what he wants to be doing in season four. Yes. I mean, he's also the only one besides Nancy with a license, so I can appreciate why why they needed to split up. Right. <laughs> to escort the kids safely, but whatever. whatever. Yeah. Okay? He's trying to court his woman. All right, I'm done. <laughs> um, and the, my favorite part about this whole interaction is that we we know right we know that dustin has steve's number this entire time oh yeah right like yeah he's clocking he, he 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 knows yeah so i think my question at this point is do we think that steve is genuinely interested in nancy again i personally think he never stopped being interested in nancy i okay. think he's he's loved her forever he, she's always been the one that got away from him i think mm-hmm. i agree that brings me to nobbin <laughs> <laughs> You know, yes, Nancy and Robin, which N- unfortunately Nobbin. is not a ship that we're talking about, just their friendship. Just, yeah, just <laughs> Nobbin. The only point that I want to make about Nobbin is that it feels like the vibes are off between them, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like when they go to uh, the library and Nancy is giving her like the cold shoulder and making her feel like a public nuisance. Like, I, I can't. Poor Robin. <laughs> I resonate with this scene so much because I, me, an empath. No. Um, I, I just, <laughs> Stop I, that. I feel, I feel when the vibes are off, like, and it drives me yeah. crazy. Like yeah. I cannot rest until I mm-hmm. either figure out why the vibes are off or have insane reassurance that the vibes are not in fact off and no one is mad at me. Uh, so I feel Robin in this scene because, like, I would be like, <laughs> are you mad at me, Nancy? Is this everything okay? Nance, please fix the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. So, and then, I mean, like Robin does, and I'm sure like you would do, poor Robin attempts to just fix this problem. And she, she, she seems to think, she, she tries, tries to she, she puts it all out there. She puts it out, she all does. out on the table to try to fix this. Yeah, and she really feels that the source of Nancy's discontent with her i guess is maybe that nancy thinks that there's something going on between robin and steve yeah so so robin feels the need to like assure nancy that they are strictly platonic there is nothing romantic between robin and steve and i think robin sort of made it worse but she 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 did try her her very best so we go on into season four to see a number of like cute moments between steve and nancy so we i mean i guess if you consider this cute there's a black widow (laughs) which like why is nobody else panicking about the presence of black widows in the real house these are highly poisonous spiders i did want to mention this is a little bit of a digression but uh me and my fiance looked up the fatality of black widow bites and it's actually like one percent oh yeah who knew black widows have a bad rep right i know like i really thought like that's a death sentence if you get bitten by a black widow so i was like why are these people just so calmly handling all these black widows yeah apparently not the case okay well you know then the one in steve's hair is not as bad as i thought it was but regardless i would be just very I would be, I wouldn't even be in the Creel house to begin with. No. So, I mean, more power to these people. Right? But like, so Nancy just casually removes the spider from Steve's mane, hair, his mane. And then, you know, we have Nancy checking out Steve when he takes off his shirt to, to dive into Lover's Lake. Didn't we all? Right. You know, even Max Me got and Max in on did that. Too. 
Yay for objectifying Joe Keery. Yeah, sorry, Yay. man. <laughs> sorry. Hey, the Duffer Brothers did that on purpose. I was going to okay? say. They asked us to do that. They, they drew attention to it. They, I don't feel bad. They knew what they were doing. Yeah. And then, of course, we can't forget about Eddie pointing out Nancy diving in after Steve, mm-hmm. right? In the most unambiguous sign of true love that Eddie had ever seen. So sweet. It's so sweet. It just makes me feel sad for Eddie, though. Yeah, me too. You know, like, this is the most unambiguous sign of true love you've ever seen. Someone diving into a deadly lake? <laughs> My God. <laughs> Who's Who knew it was deadly? No one. I mean, yeah, they all did because Steve got dragged under. Okay, fine. Listen, <laughs> semantics. But whatever. So I think a big part of season four is them becoming aware, especially Nancy becoming aware of Steve's growth. Yeah. Right? Like, I mean, she even, his sacri- his self-sacrificial behavior of jumping into that lake, mm-hmm. I feel like she was like, hot oh, damn. First you're taking your shirt off, now you're diving into this lake. <laughs> Woo! Sign me up! <laughs> okay. And then she beats the shit out of some bats for him, which I just love. It was that awesome. was like such like, oh, yeah, get off him! stupid bats okay let's talk about nancy's guilt Mm -hmm. because we get this moment in season four right and we haven't really talked that much about nancy's guilt and i'm sure we will spend a lot of time on it but nancy's guilt is like a pivotal piece of steve's relationship with her like that's like a big part of their relationship so and i just remember when the trailer for volume one of season four dropped and we had that moment of steve like see you on the other side and we were all out here like no you won't you won't what does that mean what no what other side and i mean we now know what happens right nancy ends up in like a a vecna vision here yes (laughs) so the thing that i thought was interesting about the nancy vecna vision moment was that obviously she's her trauma is more or less sleeping with steve and that resulting in barb's death yes And we have Steve trying to pull Nancy out of this Vecna vision. So you have Steve on the one end of the Vecna vision. I'm sorry if I say Vecna vision too many times. It just sounds really good. So we have Steve on the one end, like inside as the sort of the accomplice. Mm -hmm. But then we also have Steve on the other side trying to snap Nancy out of this guilt. So it's just it was just like a really interesting like Steve is playing two different roles in this in this moment it's also kind of an interesting nod to season two again how steve just wants to like kind of forget about it and move on and Mm -hmm. steve is trying to drag her out of like reliving that night and feeling guilt and stuff i don't know if that was purposeful but it feels a little symbolic yeah i can i can get behind that so let's kind of talk a little bit about when we're now out of volume one of season four and we're moving into volume two and we have we have the Harrington bunch. OK, that's what <laughs> I've decided to label uh, Steve's um, family, six. not the Brady bunch. Six children? <laughs> six? <laughs> six whole ass children. Nuggets? Nuggets. So we have this moment in the Winnebago when Steve confesses to Nancy this vision, not not a Vecna vision, like a real vision that he has for his future. Mm-hmm. Right. So he wants, yes, he wants six kids. Okay, just deal with it. Gosh. He wants a wife. Okay. That's nice. He wants to travel the country kind of like this. And, you know, he kind of, he has practice, right? Like, he's got practice. He's got all those kids in the back. It's not like he's not done this before. Yes. And Nancy kind of seems to find this endearing. Oh, yeah. She's like, you? 
you're saying this these words this is steve harrington talking about his future like wow I know. so i think she she's like she's like into it i mean the six kids startles her but other than that she's into it, <laughs> it would right? startle like anybody yeah and i mean i can't believe i'm saying this but like we are almost out of information about stancy because <laughs> the series stops at season four which is ridiculous Unher- but anyway un- unacceptable yeah so uh, it's not until operation um which i fry henry which is what i've labeled the moment <laughs> when they go into <laughs> operation henry yeah when they go into the creel house and they set him on actual on fire yeah i love it so it's not until this moment when they're walking to the creel house and the upside down that steve really just finally uses his 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 words he he uses his words he says you know he he sort of wishes that he'd grown up prior to their relationship and he wonders if it could have lasted if he had changed before nancy so if somebody had given him that thump Mm -hmm. before nancy would his relationship with nancy have worked out yeah so he has this moment and then he also tells her that you know she's she's the one she's it like she's the wife by his side traveling the country with the six kids in the winnebago this is heartbreaking they better end up together i'm gonna cry i know Um, i know like that would be terrible but like i mean we'll talk about this too a little bit so like this made me sad for steve a little because i feel like steve and nancy could probably really make it work at this point like Mm -hmm. they've sort of uh converged as far as their growth goes and but nancy like she's grown into such a badass that it's like hard to picture her as as like the wife and mom that steve might be picturing i mean i could be wrong because steve really is so different now i i honestly think he loves nancy so much that he would just allow her to be independent be the woman she wants to be i mean that's what he loves about her honestly and he wants to be a dad so much clearly that i think he would he'd be a great stay-at-home dad i think so i don't think steve's want of a large family is i don't think he says that like because he expects nancy to stay home and raise this family if if, if nancy's it for him i think he like i don't think he expects nancy to compromise her ambitions no that's not the vibe that i got me either me either right because i think there was some like debate online about this like i feel like people were kind of up in arms on like reddit and stuff being mm-hmm. like um you know nancy's not she's not she's not the 80s housewife you know like she's not that person that, yeah that might be expected of her in that era but i don't think steve expects that no and this like randomly brings up for me that scene in season three between Karen and Nancy where she like wants to go with her hunch and Karen is like, if you know Nancy, like you need to go after your hunch. Yeah. And it just reminds me of how it first of all it makes me question what Karen's life would have been like had she not gotten married and had children. Yeah. What did she have ambition beyond the family life? And then it also makes me realize that Nancy isn't totally on doesn't see herself on that same path that Karen was on no definitely not yeah and I think the implication and maybe what drove Jonathan and Nancy together versus Steve and Nancy is that in season one Jonathan kind of strikes this fear into Nancy and it's like yeah well I just expect like not go for like the jock and like the typical small town like Jonathan kind of shames Nancy for wanting to be with somebody like Steve yeah as if Steve just by default recommends like settling Right. Like, I don't know. I didn't I didn't like that exchange between Jonathan and Nancy in season one. I agree. Okay. Anyway, we digress again. After the showdown in the season four finale, though. So, you know, Henry is fried. Max is in a questionable state. Mm-hmm. Um, we're not going to talk about that. <laughs> we don't really get much else as far as Steve and Nancy are concerned. It kind of cuts off at the scene when they're throwing the Molotovs. Yeah. Right. We don't see any resolve until after the two, two days later. What happened yeah. in those two days? Are we? I, I hope we find out in season five. Please, yeah, please release a short film. Yeah. 
So we get some stuff, though. It's not like we don't get anything. We do get some stuff. So Nancy and Jonathan are reunited after the California gang somehow makes it to Hawkins in two days with no money, wearing the same clothes <laughs> they've been wearing for, like, four days, but whatever. Okay? Yeah. I don't know how Elle just dried off. I mean, she was in a tank full. She was in a tub of pizza freezer full of water, and she's just dry in the same clothes. Disgusting. The reunion between Nancy and Jonathan is like cringe to me. Me too. I don't know why. No, there me was too. like very. It was, it, there wasn't a lot of affection. Like it was just like they embraced sort of and they like touched foreheads, but there wasn't. There wasn't a kiss. There was just. It was just like a weak reunion. And I mean, I'm not gonna take it away from them. They seemed relieved, but given the circumstances, like I don't know if that's because they're romantically invested still, or if they're just like you're alive. I'm alive. We're right. alive. Right? That's what it. That's what it more says to me. Like, oh, good. Right. You survived. Yeah. Right. And just for some context, they have been apart for eight months. That's a really long right? time. So I can only assume that the buyers moved after, you know, the, the mall fire, which would have been July of 1985. And it is now March of 1986. So this has been an eight month separation and all they can do is touch foreheads. I'm sorry. No. I don't understand. Me either. And then you have this like really awkward shot of Steve looking dejected and like Robin escorting him off screen yeah like you see steve see jonathan and nancy and then you see steve like well darn and then he just like moves on i don't know it was very weird it was weird right it was just it was just weird it just i don't know it felt like weird and abrupt and then to cap it all off season four ends this love triangle with jonathan lying to nancy and nancy defending steve yes so jonathan continues to corroborate the lie about college not that it matters because everybody's going to die anyway, right? The world is ending. There's a big earthquake and the, the Hawkins is casually just split in four, but whatever. Yeah. whatever. But Jonathan continues to lie about his acceptance letter to, to Emerson, to Nancy. So again, he's, he's just lying to her. He cannot, he doesn't feel like he can be honest. And then Steve take, or Jonathan rather, takes like a jab at Steve. He's like, of all people, thank God you were here. Who would have run the show, Steve? Right. And Nancy's like, you know, um, excuse me, he was actually quite helpful. Like, pardon you, right? And you can see Jonathan is like, oh, okay. So now you're defending Steve. So I, I don't know. I, and like, it feels like Jonathan is continuing to just like lie about this college thing. Like, the world is ending, man. There's no need for this. It feels like he's still kind of like convincing himself that everything's like they're both convincing themselves that like their relationship mm -hmm. is good and it's clearly not. Right. And I do feel like Jonathan does notice this defense of Steve um, and like he's definitely thrown off by it. Yeah, he doesn't respond well. No. So with all that being said, where do we see this going? I mean, like we said, Jancy's definitely on shaky ground. Their, their their foundation is just not solid. They've grown in two different directions, I think. And Steve and Nancy have grown in the same direction. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't per I think that Steve and Nancy are like the the the, the end game here, mm -hmm. like you said. And I personally do think that they're more compatible I do. than Nancy and Jonathan are. Like again, like we said, like just because Steve might want six kids, that doesn't seem to me like he's taking Nancy away from her ambition and expecting her to like raise these children. Right. So what does season five hold? I mean, we have four options, right? <laughs> we have yeah. Nancy can be with Steve. Nancy can be with Jonathan. 
uh, Nancy can be with no one, or they could all just die. All of which would be very un- could happen. <laughs> which would be which would be very unfortunate. It sure would. Yeah. So you know what we said at the top this this episode was not about ships, but Mm-mm. I ship Nancy and Steve. I Sorry, mean, Jonathan. Yeah, me too. And I would like to make a disclaimer that uh, Charlie Heaton and Natalia Dyer, like yes. the, the humans, are the sweetest couple. I love them together. They do date in real life. Yes, and I I love their like they just they look great together. They they seem to yes really connect so i i love them together not as characters no as far as stranger things is concerned for me it's steve and nancy but it's like really fascinating seeing how they they are in love in real life and yet they have made it work on screen that their chemistry is fading and yeah it is really cool that they're they're, acting right that they're like able to do that (laughs) um because yeah like chemistry is hard to fake and it's hard to it is hard to it's hard to fake in both directions i mean if you just have chemistry with someone it's kind of hard to be awkward with them you know right yeah that's an interesting point Yep. All right. Well, that's our um, that's our dissection of Stancy. Yes. We we hope you enjoyed it. We're gonna do this for all the couples in some capacity. Yes. So we're gonna do one for Elle and Mike. We will do a Jancy, a Jonathan and Nancy one. And you know, with that all being said, yep. Stay strange. Stay strange. To keep in touch and stay informed about upcoming Starcourt Study Hall episodes, follow us on Twitter at sshpod and on Instagram at Starcourt Study Hall. 